the Lord came down into the swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> it's a holy miracle. April 25th, 8.07 in the p.m. live from the Live Dudes Bunker. My name is Jay Mack, host of the Sexiest Podcast, allowed by law. Via Skype, I've got my lifelong friend, one of my few remaining lifelong friends, Swade on the line. Say what's up, Swade. Hey, what's up, everyone? What's up, Jay Mack? How you doing? I'm uh, I'm a little bummed. This, this coronavirus is really starting to wear, just, it's a chap in my ass. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I'm with you on that one, man. So I'm you, ready for this all to be over. So you've got a you've got a guest there. You want to say hello, Martha? Is that what we're going with? Yeah, Martha. Is hello, that, everybody. Is that your real name? <laughs> <laughs> Martha's a lovely name. If I could choose my name, it would be Martha. Well, you know, Paul McCartney's got Martha, my dear. There you go. That's great. Yeah, that's there a you great go. song, actually. I wish my name I'm was in a Beatles it. song. So we got a hell of a show. Can't wait to get to it. If you want to get the show on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud, those are the three best ways to do it. I'm sure sure if you Google it, you can get it in multiple different places. If you would like to send us a message, you can do that on Facebook at Live Dudes Podcast. The show is also available streaming on LiveDudes.net, which links to our Tumblr page. Don't go to LiveDudes.com. It's a male jerk-off website. And then, <laughs> of course, LiveDudesPodcast.com will take you directly to our SoundCloud page we've got a hell of a show cannot wait to get to it we're going to talk some beetles we're going to talk, we're going to do some pooping in the news and we got some bigfoot and suede i'm going to drop on you a story you may not remember and i just thought of it this afternoon when i got up from my old man nap i thought you know what i don't think he's i don't think he even remembers this story because we've never spoke about it since it happened uh i am thoroughly terrified so sounds like a good time okay so this was probably i'm guessing it was after I left my parents' church, I, I, well, maybe right around that time, like 2099, somewhere between 99 and 2001, okay, that just, just to give a ballpark estimate. And I was in the local Schnook store. Do you remember this? Is this ringing any bell so far? Uh, not yet. Not yet. And me and my lady were shopping, and I see across the aisle, I see you, and you come running up to me, and you're very, very excited and animated. You were excited about a church service that you had been to, and you were like, dude, you will not believe what happened at this church service. Ringing any bells yet? As soon as you said, when I ran up excited, I remembered this story. Oh, my God. Dude, and I— This is a good story. You were not on drugs at the time that I am aware of. I was high on—I was high on God. High on God. Well, there you go. So you run up to me and you open your mouth and you say, first you say, you got it. You got it. I got to tell you about this church service. You open your mouth and you say, look at my tooth. I said, yep. I said, uh, it's a tooth. You go, no, dude, look at the filling. I said, it's a filling. You go, no, dude, it turned to the shape of a cross during this prayer service we had. No. Yes. <laughs> True story. <laughs> And True story. You, and you said this was happening rampant throughout the crowd, and then you began to tell me that there were diamonds and rubies and gold dust that appeared on the on the floor of the church during this revival service. And I don't know if you got it from the look on my face, but I'm like, this motherfucker crazy. 
This dude, <laughs> this dude crazy. He cray cray. Can you give me a little backstory on that? Because I know I kind of dropped it on you. No, no, this is great. Uh, you're going to love this story for reasons you do not know yet. Okay. So I'm going to give you the other side of this story and how it led up to that moment. And then my observations during the course of this time, like what happened before and after I had that conversation with you. You ready for this? I'm ready. I've, I've been waiting like 20 years to get the explanation for this. Oh, <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm looking, I'm looking at my Facebook. Your mom's online right now. So good thing we're not, All right. <laughs> good thing we're not doing this live here. Let me shut, let me shut Facebook. So we don't like get any distractions. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Drop it on uh, me. Uh, oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Um, so uh, first of all, first of all, like I can't even imagine what that was like to be going about your day. I'm assuming it's probably a Sunday afternoon. You're doing some shopping at the grocery store with your lady, probably deciding on what kind of cookies to buy or what beer. And uh, some dude that you you know but haven't seen for a while runs up, starts talking about a gold shaped cross tooth. Like that's had to be this insane. Like, what was your first reaction to that? Well, the first reaction, I wanted to be polite, and so did Naomi. But when you open your mouth and you said, look at it, I'm looking around like, what What do people think is going on here? <laughs> Why is that guy looking in that guy's mouth and he's excitedly pointing to his molar? It was really weird. It was weird. Oh, my God. Okay, so so, so here's the deal. This could have been an episode of The X-Files in some way. Uh, and I'll just say that because it makes me think of the phrase, I want to believe. And that is where I was at this moment. I had been, okay, I had been at a hooping and hollering church service that morning. Let me interrupt you. So instead of this very moment, it was that very moment. It was that very moment. You got it. And, oh my, I, I can Let's 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 talk about like some of the details on this like offline at some point. But I'm going to give you the uh, the overview. So there's this dude who wasn't part of the church, but was coming in. He was a special speaker. Oh, those are always those are wild cards. They're wild cards. And this dude, this dude was like a character out of that Steve Martin movie, Leap of Faith. I've not seen like, that. Is that good? It's a good movie. It's crazy. It's he was like if Jimmy Swaggart was on steroids. Oh wow! Because right? I think Jimmy Swaggart was on something. <laughs> You're probably right about that. Um, yeah. So so this so they're preparing for this guy who apparently has these miracles happen while he preaches, and so they're cleaning. They're extra cleaning the the church service. And like vacuuming the floor like five times because there's these stories that follow this guy that while he's speaking, magical gold dust and diamonds will fall out of the sky and show up on people's skin and on the floor or in their car. Um, yeah, true story. This happened. Bullshit. So pastors, Bullshit. Right. So it, the pastor um, was like trying to be extra vigilant, so to speak. Right. So. In this service, this guy does this thing, <laughs> and I'm going to come back to him because that's where you're really going to love it. But uh, this guy gets everybody who is willing to to have a sign come to them or be healed, line up in a line, and he come and put their hands, put his hands on their head, and pray for them, and watch and see if their molars turn into a cross. 
And there was probably 40 to 50 people in this building that went through that. And I was like, sure, why not? I'll check it out. And when you look afterwards, it looks like the shape of a cross. But what I didn't know at the time, because we didn't have the internet, was that pretty much everybody's molar looks like a cross when you look at it from a certain angle. Well, that's let, let me let me interrupt you real quick because that's the that's what I told Naomi. I said every filling looks like a cross because you're it's got the indent, indentations and and it'll just and and I I I'm speechless. I really I have I don't know what to say. I'm stumbling over my words here because it's that was the first well, that was the first thing I thought was it always looks like a cross. Mine looked like a cross and nobody prayed over me. Not for that anyway. Dude, that is totally fair. And let me tell you this. You actually met me in between a big roller coaster of a day because I started off being skeptical, had this happen, thought it was for real, ran into you on the short lunch break that I was taking, went back, and by the end of the night was like, this guy is a fraud. Oh. Like it was it was a whirlwind. But here No, but some people thought that they saw rubies in their car. And it was just like these little sparkles, like um, like glitter? like glitter or or like minerals or anything like that would show up. And here's the deal: if you make if you get anybody to believe a certain way, they're gonna look for signs of whatever it is that they're wanting to see. If they look hard enough, you can find it. And all this really was was like drumming up people's emotions to like uh, believe in something. And so I saw it in a big way. Well, here's I'm gonna it kind of leads me into. The phenomenon, and you may or may not have experienced this, the holy laughter. And I don't think we have ever talked about this on the podcast with Miss Kay, Adam Lesu, or anybody. Have you ever been to a holy laughter uh, convention or revival service? Do you know what I'm talking about? I do, J-Mac, and I've been to those many times where that type of thing has happened um, when I was younger. In fact, that, that was the kind of stuff that was happening in this church service. But hey— I got to tell you one quick thing about this dude sure. that you're going to love. Sure. So when this guy when this guy walks in, I promise you, he is wearing the most perfect and beautifulest purplest suit you've ever seen in his life. Oh, like John in, like John Gotti shit. Life. Like John Gotti or like Cedric the Entertainer maybe. That's kind of weird. Yes. And he was a really he was a tall guy, he was a really big guy. And instantly we started, all my friends, we started calling him Barney because it was the exact color of Barney. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Look, I'm not trying to just make fun of people to make fun of people, but dude was wearing the most purplest suit you've ever seen. He looked like Barney. It was amazing. It was a it was a legend for like three years after that. We're all enchanted. Yeah. <laughs> well, he he was he was a showman. Let's give him that. He was a showman. What happened? Yeah, uh, he was definitely a showman. So let me ask. So yeah, yeah. Go. Sorry. Go. I was going to say. Let me ask, let me oh. ask Martha. Martha, speak up a little bit. Are you familiar with the phenomenon of holy laughter? I am not familiar with that. <laughs> and would love to be. All right, so there was this guy, I think his name was Rodney Brown. I, I might be getting it wrong, but that was the name that that is is coming to mind. And he kind of looked like a cross between Rush Limbaugh and John Candy, if that makes any sense. It's kind of a weird it's kind of a weird hybrid baby thing. Uh, that was a dude down in Florida, right? He came to St. Louis, but I think he was based somewhere yeah, he was based somewhere else. Rodney Howard Brown. That's that what right? it was. Rodney Howard Brown. Duh. 
So, <laughs> so he comes in and basically what he'd do is he would like, he would, I think it's called mass hypnosis where everybody comes in expecting to see, like you said, jewels, except in this case, it was laughter. Everybody came in expecting to laugh like they're listening to live dudes. <laughs> <laughs> And and he would have this, the altar call, which would be basically is to come up to the front to the altar, what they call the, the stage. It's basically a stage call. That's what it is. And he would do the thing where he would lay his hands on your head, and then mysteriously the Holy Spirit would come down and start apparently, I guess, tickling your bunghole, and you would just start laughing like a <laughs> fool. And and you would fall over, and let me let me just tell you, if you're in a room full of people laughing, you will start to laugh. You're laughing at the fucking idiots falling over <laughs> laughing. It's like mass hysteria. Yeah, and it was kind of like, it was almost like a political rally. He was up to no good, and he was fooling people. And I've, I've been to multiple services like that, and I laughed. I laughed because everybody else was fucking laughing. <laughs> So I think that's a beautiful thing, though. I would love to go somewhere and just expect that I'm going to laugh for the next two hours. Like, you know, and it's kind of guaranteed and you're just in with everyone else. You're all hyenas in pews, just like the whole room laughing hysterically. I think that's crazy. What how did it end? Was it just everybody laughs and then he goes, "Okay, I'm done. Goodbye. God bless. It ended with him passing the basket and people drunkenly handing him fistfuls of hundred dollar bills. (laughs) <laughs> that well you know what you know it's probably money well spent for some people it's like going to the I, spa right or the comedy <laughs> the comedy show i would totally be into that i think i'm afraid well the only problem was the touching like the hands on like the, the laying on the hands wait what does that mean you know what it means. Did they put their hands? They would start on your head, but if you didn't start laughing, it would go down your back, and then it would be like your upper butt. If you weren't laughing, people would be like, "That motherfucker be stupid. I ain't laughing at this shit." They follow you. They follow you down and and corner you, and it happened to me because I would I wouldn't laugh. I soon realized it was better to laugh and blend in than to stand there like this. This is stupid, and I don't believe it. <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. You, I wonder how often that happens in situations like that. You will like laugh, that. you stubborn motherfucker. It was, <laughs> it was real. I it was you now. And, and I got to tell you, it sounds funny, but it it was actually kind of frightening. And I think that's why I, I probably mistakenly compared it to a Nazi rally because to me it was frightening. Once once you get over the kind of the shock of it, you start to kind of go with the flow. But the first time it happened, it freaked me the fuck out. Like it was just it was freaky and weird because everybody was completely fucking gone you might as well have been passed around ecstasy it was really fucking weird dude i think that that's a perfectly normal and reasonable yeah but it's a it's a reasonable like reaction to something like that you know if you just came in from the street you see all these people laughing like crazy that's weird it's just weird it's not it's outside of normal uh behavior right well, and it wasn't just like giggle laughing. It was like uh, Batman Joker laughing. You know what I'm saying? It was real fucking unsettling. It makes me think of that video. Um, and I know who this is. It's a it's a famous like Bible Belt preacher. I can say who it is if you want, but that's fine. There is a video. What's that? That's fine. Say who it is. Yeah, it's uh, uh what's his name? Um, now, <laughs> now I'm gonna uh, Kenneth Copeland. Oh, right? yeah, he's the guy that was like, 
he got all up in some reporter lady's face and shit, and then he blew the cl- yes. the coronavirus away. He went. Yes. Did you There's see that? You just you just gave like a hundred people coronavirus. <laughs> that guy. So this is that guy. There's a video of him. You can look it up on YouTube of of him and this other preacher. And they're not only laughing hysterically, but they're speaking in tongues and laughing and holding oh, on this fake conversation with each other in front of thousands of people. And it's like it's no different than that meme that's out there of that guy that like he's from some other country and he's laughing uncontrollably. <laughs> so these are like people speaking gibberish and it's like they're faking a conversation between each other. That, that Have you seen this? No, that scares the shit out of me. That That's frightening. I don't want to see that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you bring it all. I'm getting flashbacks, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, dude. Yeah, you know, there's some, there's definitely was some weird behavior uh, in the play, in the circles that we ran. So, wait. I, so, I have a question. If we can bring it back to the Mullers then. Yeah, yeah. So, you said by that night, you felt like it was a fraud. So, what happened between your excitement and seeing J-Mac and then going home and realizing what the actual fuck? Well, I remember that uh, when I was having the conversation with you in the uh, grocery store, as the words were coming out of my mouth, I could see <laughs> the reaction on your faces and realizing as I was saying the words, how sure. stupid it's sounded coming out of my mouth and it was on the way back from there i was like wait a second wait a <laughs> wait a cotton picking minute oh jimac like just the look on his face took it all away yep <laughs> and i was like wait a second this is what why this is weird and then by the end of the night i was i i saw them go through the same thing and you know i was perceptive enough to see how to like you know manipulate people's emotions go up and down because i was an actor and and, and artists and stuff. And we learn how to, how to like inspire a crowd. And I could see him doing the same things. You know what? He got two amazingly big offerings that yeah, day. Yeah, I'll bet he did. I'll bet he did. <laughs> the like people are probably dropping like hundies in there. The almighty dollar. Swear on, swear to Jeebus. I was at a church service one time. The guy's dead now, so it doesn't matter. His name was David Crank. And he was. A oh, little- I know who that is. Yeah, he was a local, I guess you'd call him like a, a what they call it, a prosperity preacher, or you give me all your money and God will like bless you tenfold or whatever the fuck. Dude, and, you know he's friends with Joel Osteen now. He's uh, like the biggest in St. Louis. Well, he, I think his son runs it now. Okay. David Crank Sr., he died of a stroke or something. I could be getting that wrong. But I was in a service one time where they passed the offering bucket around, and I guess I was probably about 10, 11, and I swear. He gets up angrily, goes, this is pitiful. We're passing this bucket around till we get more for this. I think it was a guest speaker. It was like they all but locked the doors and got the punching wow. bag out and started like, this is you. This is you on without giving money. And started like beating. It was really frightening. It was really. And, and everybody ponied up and put more money in the bucket. Dude, I can back that up with another story. I know someone that went to a service there where he was preaching. Um, it was around Christmas time, and it's the same deal. They they pulled the, they put the offering plate out, and he actually said to everybody, "If you have like you know one of those holiday savings accounts that you have all year long, if you empty your holiday savings account into this bucket, God will give it back to you tenfold." Oh my! And was God. asking for people's money they've been saving all year to buy presents for their kids. This is David Crank. This is David Crank. Yeah. 
But wow. that, but that's legal. That's it's it's legal extortions. What is? But I mean, it's not really extortion. You're just preying on stupid people, right? Or desperate people. Yeah. I I don't. You know, I I don't really know for for sure for myself how to pass judgment on that because I know people that go there. Yeah. Uh, still, but it's like it's weird. It's weird to me, and I'm not okay with it. That's all I know. Right. Well, my parents uh, were smart enough to get out of that. I'll call it a cult, but then they got into another cult, so I don't really know if it makes them all that smart. The one they got in was more of a soul-stealing thing than a money-stealing thing. <laughs> yeah. So let's switch, yeah. The, let's switch the subject right now and uh, kind of lighten it up a little bit here. We're going to save pooping in the news for a little bit later, but I want to get to this thing that Paul McCartney said. We're big Beatle files, and he—let me read you the quote— he was on Howard Stern, and Howard Stern wanted. To, he said, "You're better than the Stones, the Rolling Stones. Admit it." And this is what this is what McCartney said. I think uh, I think Stern said they copied you, and this is what McCartney said. We started to notice that whatever we did, the Stones did it shortly thereafter. We went to America. We had huge success. Well, then the Stones went to America. We did Sgt. Pepper. The Stones did a sort of psychedelic album, but we're great friends still. Still are. I'm with you, but the Beatles were better. Uh, would uh, opinions on that? I have my own. I'll I'll save I'll save them. Well, my first uh, my first thought on that is saying that the Beatles were better is like I don't think that you can really do a comparison between the two bands, except for the time period during uh, the mid '60s psychedelic era. Now you can make an argument that the Beatles released Sgt. Pepper. And it blows people away. And then so other people by the end of the year had made their own psychedelic record. The Stones were one of them. But, you know, the, the, the Kinks did the same thing with uh, the Village Green Preservation Society and, and like some of the other bands. They were just trying to like chase this style. Other than things like that, I think they're totally different bands. You know what I mean? Like, I think they, they have their own place. Um, I, and the Stones are still together. I agree with that. I believe that the Beatles were more influential uh, because basically they were around from 62 to 70. So an eight year period, they are still influencing bands. The Stones, like you said, are still going. Um, Yeah, that I would say that may be greater, a greater accomplishment. Longevity doesn't always mean greatness, but in the Stones case, I think it does. But you you can't top the influence that the Beatles had in the Stones. I don't. If anything, the Stones were imitating a lot of other things. They weren't really groundbreaking. They they're no. great. They're great, but they were taking like black blues and Motown and and they went through their disco period, uh, which was kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. um, right. But well, I, I, you're I, absolutely right about that. You know, and and a lot of uh, those those emerging rock bands at the time that eventually became like hard rock and heavy metal were all spawned from that that blues uh, influence for sure. You know what the Beatles were doing? Well, first of all, what the Beatles were doing was different than any other band. Cause they were merging so many different styles and genres together. I mean, what most, here's one thing that most people don't know about the Beatles. Why I think they're cool is Paul McCartney during that, during the late sixties, he was probably one of the craziest experimenters in the studio ever. And he was big into the avant-garde scene in London at night. He would go and do that. And so he would bring in those crazy ideas like uh, music concrete and some of these ideas. And you can look it up. But uh, yeah, that's what gave him the idea to do the tape loops 
that are in the background of Tomorrow Never Knows because he was involved in this crazy stuff. You know what I mean? Doing drugs and listening to crazy music. So I don't know that everybody was like approaching it from that sense. Well, the the weird thing is John, as you know, gets a lot of credit. John Lennon gets a lot of credit for the psychedelic stuff. But if you really dig deep, it was really McCartney that was kind of the front runner with that. Would you not agree? I 100% agree. I always thought that from what I've researched and read and heard them say in their own mouths that he was like one of the main driving forces of that band. Um, and especially after Brian Epstein died, like he was the one that really pushed them to make things like the Magical Mystery Tour and and to keep keep going on as a band. And, you know, ultimately led to the demise of the band as well, too, because I think they all started to really resent him. Just my two cents. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not them, but. No, I think you're right. And, and Mick Jagger, his response was, well, I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have the quote pulled up, but the, his response was basically like, one of, one of those bands is still playing stadiums, luckily still playing stadiums to, to um, enormous crowds who love us. And another band is not, is not in existence. So I guess that was Mick Jagger's way of saying, Ha ha, we beat you. But I yeah, I, I can't. I I really certainly cannot deny um, the the creativity of of the guys in that band. I mean, and really the pure rock and roll um, royalty that is like someone like Keith Richards. It's just insane. Um, and I'll say from like a music standpoint too, like the Beatles and the Stones are still so compatible. My last full band that I was in, the drummer humongous stones fan like the beatles huge stones fan me huge beatles fan we made some great music man you know what i mean i've heard it described this way you know the record exchange down in downtown st louis or like down by the hill you've been there oh yeah that guy has millions of albums it's insane okay uh that's a great place to get musical kind of opinions and we were talking i think i brought up I think I brought up a Beatles album and a Stones album. We got into the conversation. He said, the Beatles were the greatest pop group of all time. The Rolling Stones are the greatest rock and roll band of all time. And I think that really breaks it down because the Beatles, was it was more, I mean, the Stones are definitely more rock and roll than the Beatles. The Beatles were more about pushing the envelope, so to speak. Progression, evolution. Yeah, they're about pushing the envelope, working super hard, and putting output to be generated. I mean, those guys recorded like three albums a year for the longest time. That's crazy. I mean, let's let's face it. The Beatles were pretty much the first boy band. They were. Right? They were. I hate to say it. That's what it was. I mean, and they, they man, those guys work so hard. You know, I I really think that that's a huge part of what they what made them so special, too. And you're right. They still have a lasting impact on production and songwriting and and, uh, you know, the machine behind them does an amazing job of remarketing something by them every five years to make it fresh for people, but it still holds up. Right. Okay, cool. Well, that's, I'm glad to get your opinion on that because when I saw that, I'm like, I got to call Swade and get his opinion on this because I, I, I knew where you were going to come down on it, but it's still a great conversation. Absolutely. I'm always game to talk about the Beatles. You know that. Okay, you got the pooping in the news music ready? Yeah, let's go to some pooping in the news. Hey! 
Adam Lee Sewer there on the end, giving us the old goddamn. Okay, well, this is a segment we do on the show from time to time, depending on the amount of poop in the news. Now, I read this article. This was actually, I think it's on Chicago CBS Local. So this is a CBS article, but I found it on the Drudge Report, which is kind of more a political thing, but this was just perfect. I had to get this. Let me read this. Dr. Ezekiel. Swimming pools are not safe to use during coronavirus pandemic because of, quote, fecal shedding. (laughs) Uh, Illinois Department of Public Health Director, Dr. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his first name. I'm assuming he's African, but his last name is Ezekiel, said Thursday that using swimming pools during the coronavirus pandemic is not a good idea with a gross out reason as to why. IDPH, I'm assuming that's some kind of public health thing, does does regulate pools. And if we want to get into the different microbes that exist within pools, different swimming pools, we can do that. But definitely the practice of obviously being in a swimming pool, unfortunately, we do know that there is some, quote, fecal shedding of this coronavirus. I, this is disgusting. And then it said... That is so gross. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a woman. It's a woman. She said she was barely able to stop herself from laughing as she read this. So um, I don't know what, I guess I do know what fecal shedding is, but can you maybe give me your description of that? I, is, is, is it like butt dandruff? I don't. <laughs> I am so hung up on the image of fecal shedding. That's the name of the episode, butt dandruff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just thoroughly grossed out by that myself. Uh do they have a way to measure the amount of fecal shedding? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if there's like a pH strip you can drop in the water and it turns brown if there's like too much poop in it or something. <laughs> oh, like the wee-wee-see? Yeah. <laughs> um, the stuff that makes a ring around you when you pee in the pool? Yeah, does it do yeah, the same yeah, thing yeah, with yeah. fecal shedding? Like turns like purple or whatever the fuck it is. I think it'd be great if it was had like some chemical reaction that would turn it into glitter because you wouldn't be able to deny it, deny it was in the water. The Lord came down into the swimming pool. <laughs> it's a holy miracle. <laughs> well, I mean, let's let's be honest. Public pools are kind of gross. I mean, they really are. I don't know if you if you go to many public pools. I don't get out a whole lot, but I did go to a public pool two years ago, and it wasn't too bad, but. The chlorine is so strong that I don't think there's much living in there, but that actually makes me wonder, like, how much shit is actually in that water that they got to dump that much chlorine in there to kill it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like which came first, the chicken or the egg, the chlorine or the turd. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's always the – (laughs) well, I I think this pretty much wraps up why I don't go to public pools as much as possible, you know? Well – well, there's so many reasons for a public, but you know, there was a scientist here in uh, Los Angeles that also said, uh, you know, gave a warning about surfers in the ocean because the spray of the water from the ocean could also splash you with the, you know, with the virus from the same idea, like sewage treatment that had seeped into the ocean. Oh. Um, I'm sure fecal 
<laughs> you know, shedding falls into that too. But imagine going to the beach with your family and you think you're frolicking in this in the surf and really you're just being splashed with spray of virus laden fecal matter. Do, do they do they really do that? Do they dump the sewage in the ocean? Is that true? Well, I mean, that's what cruise ships do, right? Yeah, like there's some seepage yeah. from somewhere. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, we don't have an ocean here in Missouri, but we got the the Mississippi and the Missouri River, and they're brown, so I just assume there's shit in them. But, I mean... Uh... Dude, it's true. Hey, if you want to hear it, this makes me think of a hilarious story. Go for it. I might I might have one, too. Go, go for it. All right, I'll try to keep it brief, but... I was, this is, this is a long time ago. This is like almost in the same amount of time, like maybe a few years after the, uh, the grocery store incident, okay. to put it into perspective. So I am in a, in a, staying in a resort in the, in the Bahamas. Okay. Now this was not like in St. Thomas or, or some like awesome Bahamas. No, this is the Grand Bahama Island. And it's my understanding that the Grand Bahama Island, because it's so close to Florida, is kind of like the the low rent Bahamas. Okay. So it's now like- there's so many things that I could tell you about this trip that went wrong, but here's <laughs> this is what makes me think of from this story. So the whole week we had been enjoying a coral reef that's like just a, a, a couple hundred yards off of the beach, um, a private coral reef to go and uh, and snorkel in and 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 uh, swim around. Hmm. So, yeah, it's great, you know, but I mean, the water is really cloudy, right? Oh. And we're just like, okay, well, it must be like a, a really bad time of the year. And there hadn't been any hurricanes or anything, but I just remember it just being like really murky water. <laughs> so, 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 you know, we're there for a few days. And uh, on the last day, we're in the water and we decide to go explore a little bit more of the beach. And we're walking through the water and we go past the rope that they put out there that has like the shark nets and like, you don't swim past this, this room. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're walking around and suddenly I, you know, I can still stand up in the water. Suddenly my feet start to sink really deep in the sand. Oh, you, that is, this is, this is fucking gross. Do you need to stop <laughs> this story right now? This is fucking sick. <laughs> so, so I'm standing there feet sinking in the sand. And then like about a second or two after my feet sink in a really deep part, <laughs> This god awful smell comes up through the water. Right? And I'm like, this smells like shit. And I'm like, what the hell? And I'm looking down, and I promise you, I look over just a few hundred feet, or, or maybe about 50 feet from where I'm standing, and there under the water is a cement tube. Oh my god. Coming out from the from this this resort, and I'm standing in the leach field for their septic system that they are shooting their sewage out into the water, and it's in the roped off part. But we all know that the water will mix, so I had been swimming in shit for the whole week. Private coral reef. In my own private coral reef. Now you know why nobody else was swimming there. Exactly. Even even the sharks are like, woo, we stayed out of that water. <laughs> that foul. <laughs> That's yep. dude. Okay, well my I, I my story doesn't even come anywhere close. So I'm not. I don't. Basically, my story was in the Missouri River. We went boating with some friends, and we got out at this little 
sandbar and we got out in the water and I looked around me and there was all kinds of white fluffy hair and I was like what the fuck and I look up and there's two German shepherds like a couple hundred feet from me and like all their hair was coming down like while I, like on me while I was swimming that's the last time I've been in a river but that, but your story tops that I can't really I don't I don't have anything I was not waiting in shit that you know of that's, well <laughs> Like I said, the, the Missouri River is brown, so it could be it could be anything. We don't know. <laughs> I I just assume there's shit in there, but the ocean. Oh God! Oh, like just happy spray, ocean spray, and the scientist just ruins it by saying you're being splattered and sprayed with the mist of fecal matter and sewage. I just think it makes sense why people were stocking up on toilet paper because apparently yeah. they weren't wiping their ass before those. Yeah. They're just cleaning it off in the swimming pool. <laughs> well, you know that happens. You know what happens. Well, why should I wipe? I'm going into the chlorine water. I'll just, I'll just, sh- I'll just shed my fecal, my butt dandruff in the in the pool. <laughs> oh my god, that's so gross. shedding. <laughs> okay, I got one more article here, and I sent this one to you. This is in the what the fuck category, as if the fecal shedding one wasn't. Bigfoot found. Giant masked statue oh. with COVID-19 messages has been found. A giant Bigfoot statue that has a that is a fixture along Route 20 in Brimfield. I don't know where Brimfield is at. I guess I should have figured that out. Uh, with messages about COVID-19 has been found after it was stolen. Bigfoot's owner, Todd Disseltel, a professor at UMass Amherst, Massachusetts, I guess it said the statue was found at 2.15 a.m. Friday in downtown Worcester. Dissotel said someone cut the chain securing the statue about 10.30 p.m. Wednesday, so they chained it up because I guess more than one person has tried to steal this thing. A video shows two people, one in a light-colored hoodie and one in dark clothes, working to free the statue. The statue was wearing a tie-dye mask and has been displaying signs about social distancing and COVID-19. On Friday, Bigfoot was back in place with a sign thanking police for their efforts to find him. Dissotel has offered a $200, well, that's not much, $200 reward for its safe return. But is there any bigger waste of time? It's like they wanted to they wanted to be socially proactive, but they had to be, a, like, I guess a felon to do it. That just seems like a lot of work. That I mean, did you see the picture of this thing? This thing's got to be, it's got to be two, two or 300 pounds. I, know, I was just looking at this going, you know, is it made of straw? Because how could people steal, like, two dudes, one in a hoodie? <laughs> like, <laughs> giant, heavy. It just doesn't make sense to me. And then the poor Bigfoot statue is used for all this marketing and messaging, you know, thanks to the police. And, oh, here's here's your message about the virus. And, you know, next it's going to be in front of Denny's, like, promoting a Grand Slam menu or something. <laughs> you know what I think? It was homeschoolers up to no good. They wanted to be bad, but then, like, halfway through they're like, well, we should we should turn this crime for good, so let's put a COVID-19 message on it. <laughs> all, all will be forgiven because we, we made it look like we were trying to do good for others. So how do you think the guy came up with a $200 reward, by the way? Is that how much it costs for a, for a new one? Uh, that, like, it's he's got, like, I don't get this back. I'm not paying more for it than than I would, than it would cost for a new one. It's got to be more than 200. That that thing, I would say, just ballpark. I would say around three or three to five hundred for something that big. I mean, how how often do you run a, across a statue of Bigfoot? Really, really. It's it's 
It's a it's a weird crime. It's a weird crime, and I just feel like at some point they they started to feel guilty, and they were like, uh, "We're sowing bad karma, so let's let's like put an asterisk on this crime by putting a, like a, a public service announcement on it." <laughs> Home, He's gonna start showing up for birthday parties and yards. I love it. You know, well, it was, um, it was chained up. They clear they clearly had problems with people trying to steal it or threatening to steal it, so they chained it up. That's weird. And so it disappeared at ten at night, and then was found like two in the morning. So there was a search party going. We <laughs> <laughs> get us a posse together, five Bigfoot. Get, get your flashlights. <laughs> That's what the two hundred dollars was for to pay the, the posse. posse. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and you and you got that article that you sent me. You pulled. You found this one. England's naked Cerne Abbas giant gets coronavirus face mask edition. Do you want to talk to me about? I don't know what this is. Actually, Martha found this article. Maybe she should talk Martha, about it. Martha, yeah. talk, talk, because there's a huge dick on this thing, and it's like it's erect. It's like a statue. Is it a statue, or it looks like like a like a hieroglyph on the ground? Do you want to talk to us about this? I'm gonna I'm gonna let Sway talk about it because this is something that he has wanted to go to England to check out. So he has a little bit more interest in the bit, the big man with the big penis. So I yeah. sent this to him. So I'll let him take the floor. Yeah, well, you know that makes it sound like I just want to go to England to see the giant penis. <laughs> uh, but it's true that that's the only reason I want to go there. I want to see this. You can see um, you can see big dicks on the internet, Sway. <laughs> oh yeah. That works yeah. now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, dude. So, like, this is, like, some – so, first of all, there's, like, all these, like, ancient things in England, right? Like, everybody knows Stonehenge, but this uh, this thing that's in the, in the ground is not very – it's not relatively that far from Stonehenge, but it's another ancient art. So – and it's, you know, obviously uh, a big uh, dick. Outlined in in chalk or something like that. Uh, you have to look it up. But uh, well, it's it's it's, it's not figure of a man. It's right? not just a big dick. Let's be honest. Let's be frank here. It's, it's, <laughs> that's what you. That's what you. That's what my eyes go to. But it's a man with a giant erect penis and very well shaped balls. I might add. That's true. And he's holding uh he's holding a club and it's his whole body and he has a rib cage and nipples too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you look at if you look up the picture and look at it. The the nipples and the ribs and the penis kind of look like a cat on a bomb. <laughs> it sure does. It does. <laughs> it does. This is just an ancient dick joke, is what it is. <laughs> so so this it's called the Cerne it's, Abbas. Is that am I getting that right? I think that's yeah, that's right. And it's uh it's this big giant. Now, okay, so the giant has the face and he's holding the club. So someone I guess in the middle of the night went and put a COVID mask over his face. So even this giant sculpture is uh, is is social distancing. So it kind of, which is just pretty ridiculous. It kind of ties into the ties into the Bigfoot thing. Then the that's right. You know, then said the Bigfoot, he's got the big cock, but, but he's it, wearing a mask. It's it, okay. It looks like you can only see this from the air. Like if you were on the ground, you might not know immediately what it is. But I got to tell you. I don't. I think this is like a, a like a Cro Magnon man joke or something where they're like, "Hey, let's draw a picture of Dave. Dave's got the biggest dick in the village." You know what I'm saying? This is really weird. I mean, the the dick is the first thing. It's so big you can't really. That's like that's like John. Holmes it's way shit. past the belly button. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's halfway up his rib cage. 
Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's got a corona- ancient dick joke. Yeah, but it's got a, a a coronavirus mask on it. So I guess everybody's getting in on the act. Yeah, everybody's putting putting stuff on the big guys. So I wonder, does this get censored on Instagram if someone posts a picture of it? I don't know. I mean, because you can't put your own dick on there. You That's right. I don't think so. Anyway, <laughs> every time I try to put it on, it gets deleted. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. that must be a job. Like, who goes around and polices that? It's got to be some kind of algorithm or something, I would think. Because I mean, that that would be the worst job. Bob, you pissed off the boss. You're on dick duty. That just. <laughs> Where is my stapler? I'm gonna burn the whole place down. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, this was a good show. I'm getting ready to go upstairs and watch some RuPaul Drag Race with my lady. All right. That sounds like. Fun? That sounds like a good night. Yeah, dude, I, I'm, I miss you guys so bad. I can't wait till you can finally come visit. I don't know when that's going to be, but I'm I'm actually, I'm kind of like an introvert and like stay-at-home guy, but even even I'm like missing people right now. <laughs> Aw, yeah, well, we miss you too, man. Yeah. I, you know, we hope to be able to come back there, but uh, hopefully this will all be over and uh, we'll all get through it and then, uh, then we'll be able to go and, and, and travel again. And, you know, first thing we'll do is we'll come and hang out in the bunker. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Now, I'm going to do the sign off here, but you guys got to you got to say your name, but then we'll let Adam do the last line. OK. All right. For Live Dudes, I'm Jay Mack. And Suede. Martha sitting in. Saying if you need a deep cocking. Then just come a knocking. Okay, there we go. Just, just uh, tell me a little bit about what you got going on behind you there. We'll just this this will be the outtake. You got it. How so many, um, many, I've been putting this together. How many? Um, so here's my record collection, but it has a it's it's multi-purposed. I've been using this also for mixing as a sound diffuser because it kind of breaks up the sound. Um, and I've been doing a couple treatments. Uh, if you look up here in the corner. Let's see. Right here. Looks like a smoke detector. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. I see. No, these, yeah, these, yeah. These, this black part right here, I have those in all the corners. Those are my bass traps. And what you can't see um, here, I have, like, soundproofing on the wall. So I'm just slowly, like, trying to get it all put together. Cool. Sweet. Look at all the guitars. Uh, yeah, dude, it's weird. For, like, the last three years, I keep having these vintage Yamahas, like, show up. And I have, like, four of them. It's a, it's a real problem. Because I get them super cheap for, like, 50 to 70 bucks. But they sound really good. The guitar I learned on, remember my dad's Yamaha? Yeah, and his Ovation, too, right? Yeah, I was not a big fan of either one of those. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I didn't like Yamahas for a long time. Um, but when I was in Denver, I, I didn't have an acoustic guitar uh, that, that was solid, except for this really old one that I have. And I went in, traded some stuff in and, at the store and picked it up. And I played all the guitars in the room. And this Yamaha was just sitting there. And I was like, I'm not going to play a Yamaha. And I picked it up, and it sounded phenomenal. So I was like, okay, all right. Yamaha makes keyboards, goddammit. <laughs> oh, look at this. This is my my bass. Hoffner. And look, even complete with the bass man sticker like he had on the rooftop concert. Oh, that's How right. That? That's right. That's crazy, dude. Okay, let me let that's me a- let me stop and test it. Okay. 